2015, I did a thing. I did something that scared me, something that excited me, something that was unknown to me. In 2015, I published a book. That book was called Wrapped in Skin. And from that day, it has changed my life consistently. Almost daily, it has affected me. And my hope is that everyone who's picked the book up from that time has had some impact, been impacted in some way by the words on those pages. This is an opportunity for us to unpack those concepts, to really dive deep. The producers will ask me questions about my journey. Have the concepts changed? Have they evolved? If so, how? You'll get a front row seat uh, to hear me talk to people about uh, what it is to live a life of purpose. What is existence? What is life itself? Why are we here? Uh, You'll get to ask your questions, have comments heard and talked about on the show. And maybe at some point, some of you will have an opportunity to come on and talk about your own personal experience and your own life's journey. My name is Justin Jamar Grooms, and I want to welcome you to Wrapped, the podcast. You can't read this, but it says purposes with an S. And so I'm really glad that you mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I think I, that when I when I was writing that book, and when I I started talking to people about purpose, even way before I wrote the book, um, and I was stuck on that for a while because I thought, man, all right, well, yeah, we're all here for a reason. You got to figure out what that reason is. Then I had to reconcile that because I'm like, well, we grow and we evolve, so there must be multiple things that I'm supposed to do. Like, I'm not just supposed to do one thing in this life. There should be other things I'm supposed to do. And so what I what I came to realize is that there's a there's a through line, right? There's a through line between, uh, through your purpose. Like, your, your purpose is really connected to your intrinsic gifts and talents. So I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here with certain intangibles, with certain things that I have that no one else has certain things that I can do that no one else can do. There's certain things I see that no one else can see. And on the other side of that, because I can see them, I have a remedy to fix them. So that can be, again, that's that's the through line. Those things are, are with me throughout this entire life. So as I come into situations where I can apply my intrinsic gifts and talents, I can apply my ability to see certain things, I can apply my problem-solving abilities and that can be multiple things over the course of my life. It's really just about utilizing your gifts to affect the situation as it, as as you uh, are involved in or as it comes up. So I can I can say, well, my purpose was to write wrapped in skin, right? Yeah, I did that in the moment that it was needed. So when I had the the wherewithal, the time the tools necessary to bring this book to life, I did it. And I used my intrinsic gifts and talents to do it. The next thing might be something different, but I would still need to use my gifts and talents to do it. So it's just really recognizing where you can deploy your gifts. That to me is dynamic purpose. I'm just consistently deploying my gifts when the circumstances call for. Drop. Let me knock this off the table. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
um thank you um and so you got one more for me um kind of okay so after that it goes into the morning meditation in the book i'm following like the pros of the book right and then the next thing is oh by the way if if they don't know what the book is they know what the book is but this is the book it'll already be on this thing um okay dang that's my whole like never mind um we can't see you anyway thank god um so on the next page it goes into a breakdown and then leads into the evening meditation but on the next page which is seven it the top of it I don't know why this really stuck with me, but it just says remembering God. And then the first sentence is, you do not have to be afraid or doubt yourself. You are the embodiment of God's incredible idea. And I think maybe that's a good place to kind of, how do you remember God? What, no matter what your spiritual beliefs are, whatever your God is, right? Because God is, for all intent and purposes, it is, you it's who you were created to be it is the god in you right like the who you are um so how do you how do you remember well so i wrote this uh i wrote this little poem in uh i think it's chapter one it's called the sleeping child right and uh part of what i did when i was writing this book is i I researched a lot of psychologists and psychiatrists you know, I looked at Freud and Carl Jung and, you know, all these different people. And there was this there was this concept that came across where, you know, when you're dreaming, dreams are typically suppressed desires or uh, remembering of certain experiences, but they manifest themselves in multiple ways in the dream state. So then I started thinking, well, what would a baby be dreaming about? What suppressed desires would they have? Or what memories to this point have they created? And the answer is none. <laughs> they don't have any suppressed desires or they don't have any memories that they're... But when you watch a baby, you ever watch the baby sleep and they giggle and laugh? And, like what, what, what experiences have they had that brings them to laughter as infants? What suppressed desires have they created as infants and so what i what i believe is that because when you're born again this is this is the the spiritual component of wrapped in skin but i believe when you're when you're born you are closer to god your source than you ever will be your entire life because the the more you exist in this physical plane the further away from God and spirit form that you get. And so I believe that connectivity between the infant and God is uh, palpable at that time. Like it's it's strong. And so they're remembering something that we've long forgotten. And when I when I when I feel like I've connected with God or remember God is when I do something that feels right. It's like, man, this just feels like it's what I'm supposed to be doing. And it could be for a moment, 
It could be for a few years. It could be, you know, however long. But when you're doing it, it just feels like, yeah, this is it. Like, this is the thing, right? That is, to me, when I have remembered God and remembered the purpose that was instilled in me and wrapped up in me before I came into this world. And I try to I try to find those moments every day and lean into it. Um, oftentimes it's it's scary. Like I remember when I first started writing, I'm not I'm not the best writer. I never claim to be the best writer. But when I write, it feels good. And so when the doubt showed up, the doubt said, Hey you you can't write. What do you mean? Write. You ain't take no you never take any writing. Well, I took a technical writing class in college I was bored out of my mind like, what am I doing in this class and because I was bored and not uh, intrigued by it I didn't do well but part of the reason I wasn't intrigued and didn't do well is because somewhere in my mind was the doubt that I was a writer it felt good to write but I doubted it so if I leaned into if I leaned into that, it was like, yeah, God was telling me, this is this is it. This is part of what I created you to do. Do it. But then the doubt showed up. So yeah, that's how I remember God in those moments where it's like, this is this feels good. I can't explain why it feels good. It doesn't feel good uh analytically. It just feels good deep down in deep recesses of my spirit. That is how I remember God. And I, I honor God by pushing into that thing that makes me feel good even when the doubt is present so you remember him when it feels good you honor him when you push into the feeling of it you know um yeah and it's hard to remember god when you're when it's loud again we go back to this meditation and uh when i was growing up when i grew up i grew up in this traditional southern baptist household we were in church and i don't know people like that was in church every day I wasn't in church every day, but I was in church Sunday early because my mom was a Sunday school superintendent. So I was in, in Sunday school, church, singing in the choir, choir rehearsal on Tuesday, prayer meeting on Wednesday. And then we had, uh, in the summertime, we had like uh, Bible conventions, Bible competitions. So we were like training or practicing on Saturdays. So I was in church a lot, you know, uh, and I just, I just always felt like if if I wasn't if, if I wasn't doing what felt what 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 uh, what felt good, I wasn't doing it at my highest capability. Whether it was church stuff or ch stuff outside of church, and I just try to push in into that every day and meditate. When we talk about meditation, a lot of times it, people say prayer, and prayer can't be meditation but I don't think it has to be one and the same. Like the meditations in the book are just, uh, a lot of them are mantras. Like really just talking to yourself, speaking into yourself, getting more confident, more comfortable, uh, following that voice that's within. Right? That's really meditation, sitting with God in some way. Prayer to me, now some people say prayer, and we're going off on a tangent. Some people say prayer is um, asking God for what you want. Well, if you pray every day and you ask God every day for what you want, it's not to say God's not going to give it to you. But if me and you are friends 
And every time we communicate, I'm asking you for something. How's that relationship gonna work out? So prayer to me sometimes is just sitting with God, thanking God. And so when I talk about prayer and meditation, I use those interchangeably. And I'm not a I'm not an ordained minister or anything like that, but I use those terms interchangeably because I think they can be one and the same. Prayer is honoring God in the way that you just sit in the presence of God and, and allow whatever you feel about God to be imposed upon you. And that's when you get, that's when you remember God. That's when you remember God and honoring him with your actions. So, yeah. A lot to unpack. What do you think? You were thinking something when I was talking. I saw I saw the wheels. I was just agreeing mostly. Um I was just agreeing mostly. <laughs> Can't decide if I want to go from the book because this chapter is called the divine point. Hold on, let me show you. A divine design, God's epic plan for your life, right? Mm-hmm. So we talk about purpose. We talk about how to remember God, how to um, honor God. And you and this, you also mentioned um, free will. Yeah. In this section as well, a little bit. You got time to go here? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Oh, let's we go. don't have time. I just kind of want to tease I'll a little touch bit. On yeah, I would love for you to talk about that because, you know, you and I differ in that I truly believe that what is meant to be is going to be, no matter what. I think I think that there are things that we have control over, but I think, I don't know, I just can't believe that a God who designed the cosmos would really trust me to really grab the wheel completely and be like, you got it, the entire time. So, I, and I feel like there are certain things that have to happen in your life in order for God's plan to be carried out while you're here on earth. So if you are at least, at least, and let me say this, the caveat is that I think things will happen when you're connected to source, whatever your source is. I think when you're connected, I think that's why I can believe that because I have a trust in God, right? I have a trust that nothing is going to be bad for me. Um, What about those people who don't go? Well, you you share. (laughs) What do you think about the people who don't? Yeah, I don't I don't believe in uh, a case of Rasa. I don't I don't believe in like what would be. be. I I don't think that is a thing. I think uh, you know I I use this analogy often. Like that, there's a street outside my house, right? Now I can never. I may never. Let's say I never stepped foot on that street or never drove down that street. I may argue with you that that street doesn't exist because I haven't experienced the street. It doesn't diminish the fact that the street exists. And it's the same thing with purpose. Like I can say, I don't have a purpose because I haven't jumped onto my purpose path. It doesn't mean that the purpose doesn't exist. It still exists. I think that God loves us in such a way that he gives you everything that you have to make a decision and then allows you to live the consequences. 
Now, if you look at my Instagram, it says laced with grace uh, because I believe grace is what happens when you make the quote unquote wrong decision. And God says, let me pick you up, dust you off and put you back on the right path. That's grace. And that happens every day. But if you go off the path, I don't know that there is uh, always, and I'm not God, I don't know that there's always an opportunity for you to get back on. Like there could be some, time, some missteps that just you can't recover from, right? I think that we are co-creators of our destinies. We, in conjunction with God, co-create our destiny. The blueprint can be laid out for us. Our intuition is telling us to do a certain thing. And then we, on our own accord, decide to not follow the blueprint, not trust our intuition, and do something that is outside of our purpose. And then the consequences happen. I think if we all had a uh, predestined destination, because I believe God to be omniscient, omnipresent, benevolent. I believe if we all had a predestined destination, that we would be living in a utopian society, that this would be paradise. But I think what happens is people have things that they are supposed to do they just choose not to do or they decide uh that it's not doesn't fit their comfort level or whatever the reason is for them not doing what they're intrinsically and uniquely designed to do they choose not to and that doesn't mean if, if, if you know god forbid i go choose to do something that is detrimental to myself or my uh or my friends and family it's easy for me to say, oh, yeah, I was just predestined. No, bro, you had a choice. Your ego decided that you were going to do that. You know what I mean? And and I think I think that's, it's so easy for people to just say, yeah, that wasn't meant to be. No, no, the decision you made wasn't meant to be. You made the decision outside of what the will was for your life. There's a will for your life that you're designed, right, to, to fulfill. There's also will that you have. It's like your parents, if your parents said, if your parents said to you, look, and I don't know, I don't, this may be, your parents may not be the best decision makers. I don't know, I don't know for sure, but I'm just saying like, if your parents said to you, look, I've been down that road. I'm not gonna allow you to go down that road. I don't want you to go down that road, right? And I'm gonna do everything in my power to keep going down that road. How many times have you still gone down that road? So that's the thing. It's like, yeah, they could lock you up in your room and tell you not to do it and put a chastity belt on you and tell you not to go sleep with that boy or whatever it is, you know? They could do that stuff. And God could do that to us. But if they did that to you, if they locked you up in your room, put a chastity belt on you and didn't let you out except to eat and take a bath, would they love you? Is that love? even though they know what's best for you. So that's that's the same relationship we have with God. He could, God, God could say, yeah, this is what you're going to do. And you cannot deviate from this path. Otherwise, it's going to be severe and swift consequences. But is that love? No, love says, hey, look, let me tell you something. 
this is what you should do. This is why you should do it. This is how you should do it. Now you decide. That's love. And I think when you get to a point in your relationship with God, you respect him enough, he respects you enough, you have this relationship with him. And again, I'm using him. Don't get caught up in semantics, right? I, I think that's part of the problem when we talk about, we have a conversation about God, is that we get caught up in semantics, universe, him, her, whatever. Um, when you develop a relationship, you know the difference between when someone's loving you through a situation or controlling you through a situation. And controlling is not love. So I believe God loves us and I believe we get guidance and we have a choice whether or not we accept that guidance or we listen to our ego or whatever. Well said. Thank I found you. the phone. You're welcome. Oh, you uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's one of my favorite. Uh, that's one of one of my favorite poems that I've ever written. I hope people buy the book and read it. Uh, cause I'm not gonna read it. Um, do you have anything else you want to share? Mm -mm. No, I think we covered a lot. Yeah, we did that free will. Wow. Okay, that was something. Um, <clears throat> and that we're just so now we're just we're just through chapter one now. Or not, we haven't even got oh, to the meditation in chapter one yet. Okay. Right, well, well, I mean, I guess technically we finished, but for the most part. <clears throat> no, I appreciate you, and uh, you know, I appreciate you uh, showing up when you're, you're feeling under the weather and doing, doing this. So. No problem. Yeah. My pleasure. Anything you want to leave the people? Actually, let me let me. Let's do this. Let's let's leave them with. Uh, you want to you want to you want me to read? I'll read the uh, morning meditation. Is this the? Are we at the morning meditation? Oh, you can't read the meditation. Okay, I won't. Let me let me let me do this. I'm gonna read the evening meditation, not out loud, but I'm gonna read it to myself, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna take something away from the evening meditation. I won't leave. It. Right? Is that is that cool? Love it, genius. <laughs> All right. Um, all right, so here's what I would say. We, we talked a lot about ego, and I think ego sometimes gets a, is, a, is misunderstood. Ego is simply the perception of oneself. It's how you, how you feel about yourself. So people say, you shouldn't have an ego, or ego is bad. Well, that is, that's, uh, that's a misconception. Everyone has an ego. So to say that I shouldn't have an ego, means I shouldn't be human. The ego is simply how I feel about myself. So what I will say is evaluate how you feel about yourself. When I talk to you about, it's easier for me to look at you and evaluate you than evaluate myself. So I would say for everyone out there, spend some time discovering you. There's so much, there's so much to be discovered in your life that you don't know that if you really spent an ample amount of time trying to discover who you are, you would have zero time to evaluate other people. I mean, you are literally that interesting. Every person is that interesting and that unique. It takes people a lifetime to uncover layers of themselves. 
So I, if I had to leave people with something, I would be, it would be spend time figuring out who you are. Like take a fine tooth comb to yourself and find out who you are. And you, you will be amazed at the stuff you find. And, and be okay with, with what you find. Now you're gonna find some stuff that you don't like and then go to work fixing those things. But don't judge it so much that you're like, I don't want to deal with that. Because that's when you realize you don't really love yourself. Like when you find stuff that's flawed and you are so disgusted by it that you don't want to deal with it, that means you don't love yourself enough. So when you when you find those things, press into it, go to work, because you deserve it. Like every individual deserves to be able to work on things that they find disgusting within themselves. Like you deserve that attention. And if you spend so much attention on that, I promise you, you ain't gonna have time to figure out nobody else's faults. It's too exhausting. I got only got 24 hours of the day. I got so much shit I gotta do. Within my so much work I have to do on me. Like, I'm barely finding time to do that. And then when you maybe you, you do that enough, you free up some time and you can then start working on other people, press into some other people, and use what you learn by working on yourself with some other people. But yeah, that's what I would say. Spend the next however long it takes figuring out who you are and then going to work on yourself. Love that. I had a, um, I took a class or something not too long ago and the speaker said, discover who you are before the world got its hands on you. So about yeah. your earliest memory of you being alone wherever that is whatever that is what were you doing then mm. who were you thinking? um play go outside and play like a little kid like to your point kids are so connected to god and and all kids are playful yeah, all yeah. Kids are happy and playful and as as hard as it is to go out and do that and do something different and lean into it once you do it a couple of times you one, like you said, don't have room to judge anyone else when you go inside. You don't have the time to or the bandwidth. But two, you don't want to anymore. You don't care to because you start to understand grace. You start to understand not only the grace that God has given you, but the grace that the people who love you in your life have given you. When you start to see those flaws and you're like, oh my gosh, this yeah. is a lot. Oh, you really love me through this. You learn grace. You learn love, not only for yourself, but for other people. I think that's one of the things that I've learned in like my path to healing is I don't care but I mean I might say something about somebody still I'm still gonna be a little bit judgmental about things but for the most part I don't care to judge people about things dealing with their character yeah if it's if it doesn't align with mine it just doesn't align but going well, in too, you're, gonna, you're gonna also realize that when you find those things about yourself you want patience. Like you want to be patient with yourself. You're like, man, I, yeah, I got this stuff I need to work on. It's going to take some time. So you then realize like, if I need to be patient with me, all the flaws I'm pointing out with someone else, I, but I'm not going to be patient with them to fix it. Absolutely. Like, I, I, I want patience for myself, but I can't give them grace and be patient with them to fix what they have going on. And so I think the more work you do, you get to that, that realization. And it takes time to work through some of these things. Um, and as much grace as I want, I have to give grace to other people. 
so the judgmental aspect although I, I agree with you we all to some extent are judgmental I think you become um, increasingly less judgmental the more you understand your own insecurities and uh, opportunities you know I think I think the more you do that the less judgmental you become for people. yeah because once you go inside you realize ain't nobody thinking about you yeah. nobody <laughs> Ain't nobody thinking about you day to day like that. I mean, not in the way that we think they are. So yeah. um, only we are. Absolutely, and, yeah, it's only right. It's only right if you. No one is thinking about you as much as you are, mm-hmm. and that means no one can do as much work on you as you can. So the therapy's good. Going back to what we talked about at the beginning of this, therapy's good. All that stuff, but you have to take what you get from therapy and then go to work on yourself because that that therapist ain't coming home with you. No. Maybe some therapists live in the house, but most therapists, you have a finite amount of time to talk to this person. And then they give you tools, and then you got to go do the work. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 what a magic happens. Yeah, absolutely. And it is nobody's responsibility. I just want everyone to be clear. There's so much like forced responsibility on people to be responsible for others. That's not fair. You, Your husband, your wife, whatever, they are responsible for them, for their person, not yeah. you. No, I don't, I'll go off on a tangent, but yeah, it's an inside job, inside job. Yeah, it is, you know, there's, yeah, we, we can talk about that. I mean, there's partnerships in this, but yeah, for for the most part, it's you, you drive, you you, you, you drive, you're flying a plane, you drive the, the, the car, you steering the boat, it's all you. All right, I, I got a last captain, The captain of my soul. That's a wrap for this episode, pun intended. I want to thank you for joining us. We hope that you learned something about yourself. Uh, hopefully you heard something that you had otherwise never thought of in that way. We welcome your comments. Please share, subscribe, talk about this with your friends. Uh, our goal is to talk next time about something that you want to hear specifically. So comment, uh, message us, email us. Let us know what you want to hear, what you want us to talk about, what you thought about this episode. And we'll catch you next time. It'll be good.